on today's tips from the top floor, I'll answer some questions from you guys specifically about Lightroom. And I've made quite an interesting observation that has to do with both photography and home automation. This is Tips from the Top Floor for June the 27th, 2019. Tips from the top, from the top floor, tips from the top, all right, from the top floor. Hey, hello and welcome, it's Chris Marquardt, you're listening to Tips from the Top Floor, the photography show about, well, all things photography, coming to you from the Viewfinder Villa, right outside the gates of Hanover in Germany. Wow, I haven't, I haven't done this long introduction in a while. Uh, what's up? Okay, let me see. Week The weekend is up uh, upon us here. I'm recording this on the Friday, the 28th of uh, June. And for the next two days, Saturday and Sunday, uh, we'll have a people photography workshop here in the Viewfinder Villa. And uh, yeah, people photography... Uh, while lighting and portraiture is kind of part of this, the event is not just about posing, like how to make sure someone is posed well in front of the camera. Uh, because I hope we'll get to discuss some of the much deeper questions there. Because, I mean, if you've if you've done this, including people in a photo, you will know that that does something to how we feel about the picture. Uh, it does something to us, including uh, including a person another person that we can kind of relate to in one way or another, that dramatically changes how the photo works on an emotional level. So that's part of what I'll try to get to uh, on the weekend. Anyway, that's what's up for the weekend. Oh, and I, oh, just a few minutes before a recording, I made an observation. And it, yeah, I thought I'd, I'd have to t- tell you about this. It has to do with light. And it has to do with home automation. Now, <laughs> bear with me, okay? Don't don't turn off, don't turn this off. Um, let me let me uh, in in make an introduction here. Uh, HomeKit, HomeKit. I'm you know I live in the Apple universe, and yeah, I make no excuses for that. Um, and I'm also kind of um, I've I have been diving into home automation at least on a certain level. No locks and stuff, so uh, I'd rather not have someone hack into my door lock, but the lights yeah okay <laughs> something goes wrong there it's not the end of the world but anyway it, it has been qu- quite reliable uh it's mostly philips u lights and then over time i added some switchable power outlets um so i mean for example right now it's really hot and i can now remotely turn on and off the fan that's on the floor above me which sometimes is really helpful in, in general it has added a whole new level of convenience and if you're also dabbling in in home automation you'll know what i'm what i'm talking about Uh, but one thing i hadn't added to the system was cameras right and that's mainly because ah you know homekit compatible cameras are kind of expensive we're talking 150 bucks maybe 130 bucks but you can also easily spend like three four hundred bucks for one so that, that was like a thing that was i wasn't i didn't really see the need for and I didn't really have the will to spend so much money on these things. Uh, but that that recently changed because uh, there's this guy who uh, who writes a HomeKit client. I, I believe he's from Austria. And uh, he, he writes this brilliant piece of software that interfaces with HomeKit and that surfaces some of the functionality that HomeKit has, but its own app doesn't surface. 
And uh, he now came up with a HomeKit compatible camera. Now, he's not selling the camera. <laughs> there is some assembly required, which kind of caters to my nerdy side because it's based on a Raspberry Pi and it's open source. So he wrote the software and um, it, it again, as I said, it speaks to my nerdy side, but uh, it also speaks to my frugal side because it brings down the cost for one of those HomeKit cam compatible cameras quite significantly. Instead of the 130, 40, 50 bucks or way more, oh, we're talking 30 to 40 bucks. And that's a very different story. Uh, maybe the image quality isn't quite as good and <clears throat> the Raspberry Pi camera the f isn't isn't the best in the world, but it serves a job, right? And it does it quite well. And let me tie this in with photography because you know how I keep recommending the exercise where you repeatedly take a picture of something outside something that you, that you can easily see from a window and um, at different times of day and different weather conditions and over time you'll build a library of the same thing in different lighting conditions which like an overcast and direct sunlight and so on which which is invaluable to help you understand light and this is what this is what this is the exercise that changed my photography that really did change my photography so highest recommendation do that take this picture of the same thing over and over save those pictures to a folder and and go or to an album and go back to them over time and uh you'll you'll un understand better what light does to a photo now now here's what just happened <laughs> in the Okay, in, in the default view, when you open the home app that shows you the, the cameras, uh, you kind of get only get a snapshot of that camera every 10 seconds. And it keeps updating that every 10 seconds. So unless I kind of click on the camera itself, then, then I get a live video feed. But in the overview uh, where I can see multiple cameras, I get those snapshots every 10 seconds. And while the camera acquires a new snapshot and it, it only takes those when i when i need them right well it won't send data over the network and clog the network uh if i don't need this but if i uh if i want to see a new snapshot i open this app and it shows me the last snapshot it pulled from the camera while it's acquiring the new snapshot so this morning it is overcast right now and when i open the overview of the cameras just for a few seconds, it shows me the picture from last night or from last evening. And that was like with the sun very low, warm colors, harsh shadows, uh, sunset picture. And then after three, four seconds, it replaces it, places it with the current photo, which is again, <laughs> the sun higher up, but there are clouds in the mix. So there are almost no shadows and a different direction of light and different, uh, different color cast. And... Just seeing those two in rapid succession, that it dawned on me that I can now do this experiment again to take the same picture of the same thing under different lighting conditions. But I can now automate that. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so uh, here's what I will do. Um, I will set up one of those cameras and point it at our garden and I will automate the picture taking. Like again, it's fairly easy now. Something along the lines of every day, one hour after sunrise, take a photo 
um, at the same time. And not at the same time, one hour after sunrise. So, or take a picture at 9, at 12, at 3, and at 6 o'clock, or something like that. Um, again, those are not super high-resolution photos, but they will serve the purpose. They are decent enough. So, yeah, here you have it. <laughs> Re repurposing or side-purposing a home automation camera for the purposes of learning more about light in photography. Who would have thought? Anyway, I will link, I will link a link to that project in the show notes. If you're inter if if you are capable of uh, of logging into a Raspberry Pi, then and setting that up, you you should have a, an easy time building one of those yourself. It's a fun little project. And again, this is home. This is HomeKit only. Unfortunately, sorry. Apologies to non-Apple people. Um, but that's that's the HomeKit compatible version and yeah it, it does the job <laughs> anyway uh link is in the show notes um let's get to the the main thing on today's show which is lightroom yeah we're going to be very pragmatic today and talk about lightroom that will answer a couple of questions and and by the way if you have questions, it doesn't matter. It can, can be Lightroom, can be philosophical, can be a way out there, or it can be just something very, very practical about your camera or something like that. Um, doesn't matter. I love hearing your questions. Send them, rec record them with your smartphone, the voice memo app, any recording app will do. And send them to voice at tfttf.com. That's where, um, where I receive them. And then I get them on the show. Hello, Chris. This is Sam in Dallas. I have uh, several thousand photos that I need to upload to the copyright office for registration. The problem is they're in multiple folders. I'm wondering what the best way is to process these in Lightroom so I can reduce the size, put them all in one folder in preparation for upload. Thanks for the help, Chris. Thank you, Sam. Um, okay, you have several thousand photos in different folders. And you need to get them all into one folder in a smaller size, processed and in a smaller size to send them to the copyright office. Well, so, so, so your task is you need to pull together photos from different folders on your hard drive. And I assumed you imported those into the Lightroom catalog already. Um, and... It, just and this is this is a very this is a very basic understanding question about how Lightroom works and uh, the important bit of information is Lightroom allows you different views on your photos right there's the good old folder structure uh, where your I don't know your photos are in under a pictures folder and then it's under under different years and under months under those years and then you might have uh, photos uh, folders per event or per day. Or um, in any other structure that works for you. But then there's also a logical view. Because Lightroom is a database. And Lightroom allows you to sort and filter by metadata. Metadata is all the data that's not the picture itself. But is linked to the picture. Um, so if your workflow is folder-centric. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. Other than... <laughs> other than um, that it takes away a lot of like possible a lot of potential flexibility, uh, but you could do the following. Okay, you could go through your folders individually one by one and assign the same label 
to all the photos that you want to export. A label is a piece of metadata, um, and I think a label works quite well. You could also do this with a keyword, but yeah, maybe label is the one you want. And you will find that if you open a picture, and uh, not in the develop module, but uh, if you if you mark a picture in the grid view and then his E, the E key, then it opens that <clears throat> in a view where it can ac access the metadata in the right-hand sidebar. And that's where you can set the label to, I don't know, anything that works for you, a word, right? It's just a word or something. Uh, like export for copyright office. That would be a label. And uh, <clears throat> you can do this picture by picture which is going to become tedious quite quickly for thousands of pictures, typing it in over and over. Or you can select multiple photos and assign the same label to all of them at once. So that'll make things a bit easier. Um, but there's other ways you can add the label to one photo. And then while holding the command key on a Mac or the control key on Windows, you can then select all the other photos that should also have that label. And then... At the bottom of the right sidebar, there is a button called Sync Metadata. And that you, you can use that to synchronize the metadata from one photo, to copy pretty much the metadata from one photo to all the others. And in that, all you have to do is select just the label. So that's the only thing that gets uh, copied over. And then, yeah, you have just applied that label from one photo to many others. Um let me think of other way. Oh, yeah, there's one more that, um, again, has the same result, but is a different way to get there. Uh, you could use the spray can. There's a little spray can in the toolbar at the bottom of the library screen. And by the way, if you don't see the toolbar, hit the T key. That'll make it visible or invisible. And the way this works is you can select the source photo that already has that label and then click the spray can, and then next to the spray can, there's a pull-down, and you select label from that. And then you just <laughs> spray that label onto all photos that you want to adopt the same label. So you see there are multiple ways to get to your goal. And I probably didn't even cover each and every way that, that you could have used. Um, but that's just three, just, just three ways to do this, and that's the preparation for your export. Because now, now comes, this is where the flexibility comes in. Because again, it's a database system. So now you can simply filter by label. Or you can search for that label. Um, hit Command F on the Mac. Or Control F on Windows. And then the search box opens. And you can search for that specific label. And then you will get the, uh, a grid overview of just the photos that have that label. Which then, they can span any amount of folders, right? And... Uh, that doesn't matter where they are, as long as Lightroom knows about them and knows where they are. And uh, to make sure, by the way, to make sure that the, that search covers all your photos, in the left top of the left sidebar, you'll have to have all photos selected. That's kind of your main search filter, right? If you um, have all photos selected, all the search operations will go through all the photos. And then you can export those with any level of compression, resizing. The export dialog under File Export will allow you to resize all these photos at once, uh, export them with a higher compression, whichever way you want, exactly to your needs, and save them to a folder. And then you can send them off to wherever you need them.
Let me say a quick thank you to this week's sponsor, Vistaprint. Small business owners know that the most important time is now. Being prepared when an opportunity comes up is crucial and having a business card ready that shows how professional you are is the first step. With Vistaprint, you can create a truly professional, unique card in minutes. Simply upload your design or start with one of their professionally designed options. Then pick the paper stock style and quantity that's right for you. And choose your delivery speed. You can order and receive your cards in as few as three days. Your next big opportunity is coming right now. All it takes is $10 to feel like you're ready to own the now. That's a low price to have the confidence that you're always ready to make an impression. Plus, your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed or they'll make it right. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why you, the listeners of Tips from the Top Floor, will get 500 high-quality custom business cards starting at $9.99. Just go to vistaprint.com slash topfloor. That's vistaprint.com slash topfloor. vistaprint.com slash topfloor. Hi, Chris. This is Oliver from Munich. And an additional question to... Lightroom. Um, after over five years working on my MacBook Air, I upgraded to a MacBook Pro. Yeah, performance. So, as I did some hacks on my uh, MacBook Air, which I was not completely sure which they were healthy and good, um, I thought it might be a good idea to restart with a fresh OS on a new MacBook Pro. So, I took my new MacBook Pro with a plain OS X, installed all really, really needed application to get rid of all those, uh, yeah, crappy things and restored all the data and files from my last time machine backup, but only the, the data. I was naive enough to believe that's it. For Lightroom, I had to discover nope. I enabled to store my settings with the catalog in Lightroom, so I believed I'm safe and all my settings get restored as well. Unfortunately, I had to discover that this is not true. Well, fortunately, I had my old MacBook Air still around, so I could check all this Lightroom settings and catalog settings to get back in the same manner. But I'm still struggling with the color flags, which I renamed, and now I have renamed color flags and new or standard color flags. So a uh, little bit of annoyance. Do you have any recommendation for a Lightroom backup and recovery strategy to be sure that all settings are recovered in a well manner you expect. That would be really great. Not for me, because I'm done, but maybe for all the other one. Thank you a lot and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Oliver. Uh, yeah, so you upgraded to MacBook Pro. Hey, congratulations. Um, and with a fresh install. Yeah, that's helpful. That's with any computer. That's kind of helpful. And then you restored your data um, or your backup from the last time machine backup. Uh, or only the apps that you needed. Um, now, the apps, and I'm talking about the Mac here. Um, apps have different places where they keep data. And it's not just the app, right? There's other stuff. Now, you said you, you set it to store the settings with the catalog. And then you lost color flags. Um so the question is how to back up or recover Lightroom. Um, and again, there's a, in addition to the actual software, the actual program, um, the, there is additional information that 
uh, you might not have restored. And on the Mac, that is under um, under your user folder, uh, the subfolder library slash application support slash Adobe slash Lightroom. That would be the location. And I think on Windows, if I Googled that correctly, it's under users backslash your name backslash app data backslash roaming backslash adobe backslash lightroom and that's uh, a place where lightroom keeps a lot of information including a lot of presets and stuff now not quite all of them are there and uh, i believe if you set the store settings with catalog it doesn't apply to everything that's probably the problem here um, there's the development presets, which are in a different location than other presets. And then there's other presets, which are in the location I just mentioned. And anyway, before you get all confused, uh, go to the preferences dialog in Lightroom and then go to the presets tab. And uh, there's a field or an area that says location where you can select to store the presets with this catalog. But there are also two buttons. One is the... Lightroom development presets button and that will show you in the file system on your system and I believe uh, on Mac and on Windows uh, will show you where your development presets are so if you use them extensively that's the place where you'll find them and uh, then there's a second button next to it and that says show all other Lightroom presets and that will take you to the folder I just mentioned so those are the two areas the two locations that are important to not just backup, which, again, on the Mac, if you use Time Machine, those are being backed up. But if you want to restore it, that's what you would have to restore as well. And um, in that, by the way, in that same dialog, you can also kind of reset the various Lightroom presets to their default, so be careful. I think you can overwrite stuff there. But my plan of action... Um, to backup on the Mac. And again, there's, there must be equivalents on Windows, but uh, I would use Time Machine, which is kind of a backup everything thing. You have a hard drive connected to your computer or some network drive that allows you to do that. And then Time Machine just does an hourly backup. And it takes care of things and lets you go back in time um, to an earlier version of whatever you um, backed up. And... And then do a fresh install of Lightroom. I mean, if you have the, uh, the the Creative Cloud, then just click on install your version of Lightroom. In my case, it's Lightroom Classic, and I suppose that's the same that you're talking about. Um, and then, of course, you want to restore your Lightroom catalog, which is your database, pretty much. Uh, you there's As a bonus, you could also restore your previews um, and your smart previews. Those sit in the same directory at, as the catalog. And then you want to restore your photos, the actual raw files, or or point Lightroom to where the originals are if they're somewhere on the network. Um, Lightroom in the folder view, in the folder uh, tab in the sidebar, it will it will show you question marks if it can't find folders, and then you can uh, right click and point Lightroom to where the folder is now, and then it'll it'll just find those pictures. Um, and then, yeah, in addition, the last step would be to restore those presets from the backup to the locations above. Again, by going to the preferences dialog and then clicking on those buttons that I just mentioned and uh, restore those to those specific locations. 
and you should be back to normal. And that was it for this episode of Tips from the Top Floor. Thanks again, Vista Print, for supporting the show. And of course, thanks all to all of you who support this show. Uh, you deserve to be part of it. And that's why I will read you in the order of the support tiers. I'm stalling here because I have to open up my my list of people. Here we go. Jeremy Kerwin, Jeffrey Block, Alex Croso, Bernhard Goldback, Daniel Hertrich, Doug Gabbard, Ken Davidson, Marco Binder, Matt Armstead, Peter Morrow, Scott Wurzel, Tom Stewart, Eran Pinasov, Stu Silverman, Alan Bruce Horn, Andrew B., Anthony Bartek, Bosky, Chatley, Clark, Chandra, Christopher Greenhill, Dave Smith, David Reck, Francesco Scaglioni, Greg Anastasi, Holger Krupp, James Trimble, Jim Caldwell, John Donahue, Josh Hopko, Jasmine AMR, Ken Berian, Karl Nishioka, Marvin Aaron, Michael Grunert, Peter M. Spradling, Rob Duber, Robert Goschko, Ryan Gilio, Sina Farad, Steven Sandler, Thomas Nielsen, Trevor Palmer, and Woody. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. And uh, if anyone else wants to hear their name on this list, hey, consider joining this illustrious group of awesome people at tfttf.com slash Patreon. Thank you. Music for the show by Jeff Smith, Soundpart and Hans Peter Kagerud, Publishing and Slack Challenges by Release Pixie, Matt Revsitar, Armstead, Slack Imitations by Chief Invitation Officer, CIO Rusty Russ. The link to get on the Slack is in the show notes at tfttf.com slash yslack. My name is Chris Marquardt. You'll, as usually, find me on social media at Chris M A R Q U A R D T. Now go out and take amazing photos, share them with the world, be nice to each other, and happy shooting. <laughs> <laughs>